This is episode 346, Moving Through the Triggers That Come Up When You're Alone with Angel. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everybody. I have a beautiful episode for you today with a young man named Angel. And I just, I really love this. I love that young people, especially young men, are doing the work. It's so awesome. I mean, I really started my personal transformation journey. I met Mona, my first coach, who you've heard me talk about a lot when I was, I think, 22, maybe even 21, 22, 20, somewhere early 20s. And I was definitely one of her younger clients. And it wasn't like none of my friends at the time were really doing the work or into personal development. It was more about, you know, drinking and who you sleep with and job and and all that kind of stuff. And and I love, and that's one of the reasons I wrote 20 something, 20 everything, because I was like, wow, this is this really critical time to do a lot of personal development. And I love that more young people are, you know, doing the work and doing the deep work. And as you'll hear in this episode, Angel is breaking some huge generational patterns in his family. And it's really, really awesome. So as you are listening to this show, consider, do you have trouble being alone? Like when you're alone, you want to reach out for a substance or another person. And it's just really hard to be with yourself. Did you grow up in a chaotic environment where you didn't feel seen and safe and maybe you even witnessed violence? Do you find yourself in a cycle of going into dysfunctional relationships or abusing a substance and then you feel shame about it and think you're not going to do it again? Then you find yourself in it and you just can't seem to get out of the cycle. Finally, one of the most common ones, do you have a lot of awareness but feel like you're not changing? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Angel. Angel, welcome to the show. How can I help? Well, I'm thinking a lot about what question I want to ask you. And mm-hmm. I think one of the hardest things that I've I've seen myself fall into is a pattern of sort of seeking conflict and chaos. I grew up in a very chaotic household. Mm-hmm. So for me, a struggle has been just to be inside my body, quite honestly, and just you know, having that sense of safety, I kind of struggle doing that and mm-hmm. creating that sense of safety for myself and just grounding myself. I, I, I know that I have a lot of awareness, you know, for my patterns and that's one of them. And, you know, when I'm with people, I'm, I'm very social and, and surround and, you know, talkative and, and whatnot. But when I'm alone, it's, it's hard to be by myself and alone with my own thoughts, mm. if you know what I'm saying. I, I do. Yeah. I do. What what tends to happen when you're alone with your own thoughts? Well, I'm okay for a while. Like I, throughout the day, I, you know, I do have my routine and I do my things and I meet, meet my obligations and then, you know, for a while and I'll be do that, doing that for, for a couple of days and I'll be fine for a couple of days. But then after a while, it's like, like emptiness creeps in and not even so much loneliness, but just like just feeling of like, yeah, just emptiness. Mm. And so what usually happens is I like either seek out friends, um, right. Or I, I call someone up and I, we go out, 
you know, and mm-hmm. and I do that. But then, but then after that, like you know, my friends leave. Like obviously, like I can't, you know, <laughs> keep anyone with me forever by my mm-hmm. side. So you know, we have our own stuff to do. And and then I just go back to being by myself. And like I feel like nothing has changed. I had that like momentary reprieve when I was right. like around other people. But then when I get back to myself, it's like I feel like something's missing. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Um, and you also mentioned that you grew up in a lot of chaos. And so you seek out chaos in your life. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So like with people too, like I sometimes like I'll know someone isn't like healthy for me. And then I'll, I'll just like I'll be attracted to people that are like emotionally available or like I'll, I'll tend to gravitate towards like, you know, using substances like alcohol mm-hmm. to kind of just like, I mean, to have fun in the moment, but then I just end up overdoing it. Like I'm not mm-hmm. the type of person to just like have one drink and then, okay, I'm fine. Call it a day. I, I just overdo it. Mm-hmm. And then so sometimes like I'll see myself doing that, but I just like, I just can't stop myself. And then the next day I just wake up with like these feelings of like shame and it's just, and then it comes like yeah, and the cycle repeats itself. Where I'm like, yeah. I have these feelings of shame, and and I did what I had to do to like get in the moment to get over that those feelings of loneliness. But then, yeah, I just wake up with shame the next day, and then mm-hmm. so I I white knuckle myself into like okay, like you know, get your shit together. It's time for you to you know to grow up. You know, you're 24. Like you gotta stop with this. Mm-hmm. So I I just white knuckle it, and I tell myself to like okay, today's gonna be different, and you know, and then. Again, like I said, like for a while I'm okay, I'm okay, and then I've nowhere that emptiness, loneliness creeps in again, and then it's just like yeah. the cycle. It's hard for me to to break away from it. Yeah, I really hear you, and I think given your past, you're doing a really good job of doing your best to parent yourself and manage yourself. So I hope you can acknowledge that. I know it doesn't feel like it because you're frustrated, you're lonely, you see yourself in these loops, but you've really had to figure out a lot on your own. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. And as a child, how how much did you feel lonely and like no one was there for you? I mean, like, physically, like my parents were always around, but they didn't really do a good job of creating like a warm, welcoming environment. Right. Most of the time I was just like in my head you know, that that's how I found comfort as I, I had a tendency to just retrieve into my own head. And, and as a as a kid, I was always labeled the quiet one. But I feel like I was just shut down. I feel like for if I look, if I really am honest with myself and I look back, I feel like I was just shut down. I was, just, you know, that was my coping mechanism was to like, like I was there, but I wasn't really there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And just like your parents, they were there, but they weren't really there. Right. Like, even though they were physically there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were just busy with their, they were arguing a lot. I was like, I witnessed a lot of like domestic violence. Mm. A couple of times, like the police had to come to our house because the neighbors were like tired of the noise and the commotion. Mm. Um, so, so yeah. And, you know, I was a kid. I had like, I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of just started isolating myself. Yeah. No kid knows what to do in that situation. So what do you think, Angel, you didn't get as a child that you really needed? I think more attention. Mm-hmm. I know my parents, like, they, they did the best to tell me they loved me. And 
my mom especially, you know, always reminded me that she loves me. But it's like, you know, I just got the message that, like, I wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I just – because, yeah, she says she loves me, but then it's, like, very hypocritical because, you know, there I am not feeling safe, kind of scared, you know, of, like, the whole yeah. – my father and everything. Yeah. So – Yeah. So she wasn't really protecting you. Yeah. 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 So that feeling that comes up of like something's missing, you know, what's been missing for you your whole life is feeling safe and loved. Yeah. Like you've never, you never had that. And that's a huge human need that we have. So it's like you're missing oxygen, you're missing water, you're missing food. When it comes to the needs department, the the human connection and feeling loved and safe is a massive biological need that we have, right. the need for connection. And that was really nothing that was met. And you had to withdraw to protect yourself. And with all the chaos and trauma going around, you probably, you know, to protect your nervous system had to withdraw and go in your head. So this all makes a lot of sense to me you know, given, given where you are. So there's, there's nothing wrong with you at all. And you've been coping with this in the best way that that you know how, but from my perspective, what this, this missing piece of not having that love and safety as a child is creating this pattern in you where you're constantly seeking it out. You're constantly trying to find what you didn't have as a child which is why there's that impulse to let me have a friend, let me have somebody around me because that's what you wanted. You just wanted to feel loved and seen and safe. You wanted that company. Yeah. You didn't want to feel so lonely. And so every time that comes up, that that's what you're looking for. So you're consistently trying to recreate what you didn't have in your childhood. And I understand that there's some behaviors that aren't healthy in terms of, you know, yeah. bad relationships or abuse or, you know, getting aggressive or anything like that. But also that's what you learned. Like as much as you, you know, may despise your father for being violent, it's how you saw things get done. So your, your conscious mind can go, oh, this is wrong. But your subconscious is like, oh, this is just what we do. Same with toxic relationships. I mean, I, I'm assuming we wouldn't be giving your parents any awards for having the relationship of the century. Sounds pretty dysfunctional yeah. to me. And so yeah. again, like you go out and do these dysfunctional relationships consciously, which is only three to 5%, right? You know, yeah. this is wrong, but subconsciously and in, in programming, this is just what you know. So you're drawn to it. You know, we're drawn to what's familiar, not just what's healthy. And that's yeah. the, the, place so many of us get stuck because we keep going back to things we know are not healthy. Then we get stuck in the cycle of self-blame and shame without really giving ourselves compassion and going, oh, of course I do that. This is familiar. So the first thing I want to offer you is you've got to have a little bit more compassion for yourself. Again, we can, sometimes we're afraid to have compassion because we're afraid that if we have compassion, we'll just excuse the behavior and keep doing it. So oftentimes we use shame as a way to quote unquote discipline ourselves and try to get ourselves mm-hmm. to stop doing it. But like you said, it's not really working. Like you feel shitty, you feel the shame, but then you find yourself doing it again, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. 
But can you see yeah. how there's no, there's no compassion in there? There's no like, oh my gosh, of course I'm doing what I'm doing. This makes so much sense to me. Yeah, I, I do see that. I guess I'm a little hard on myself or a lot harder on myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like I try to be compassionate and I try to like come from a place of understanding. You know, I've been doing this. I've been trying to like dive into personal development for the last two years. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's a I feel like I have all this awareness now, but now like I want to what's the next step? You know, what's. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. amazing. The first step is awareness. And the second mm-hmm. step is really the pattern interrupts. The second step is like seeing ourselves going into the familiar pattern and recognizing it and go, oh, okay, I see why I'm doing this. I see what I'm about to do. What am I really craving instead? You know, what do I really need instead? And is there any way I can give that to myself? So let's use the example yeah. of you're alone and you want to reach out to a friend or you want to reach for some pot or whatever it is. Yeah. You can, you can observe it and go, okay, there's my pattern because I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling triggered. I'm 24, but I'm a little boy who is alone in his room. His parents are fighting. He's scared and he doesn't feel like anyone's there for him. So in this moment, I've time traveled a bit. Okay. Yeah. What am I, what am I thinking reaching out to the friends will give me? And you, you answer that. I mean, I like like attention. I keep going back to attention Mm because sometimes it's like, they don't even have to say anything, but just to have someone around is like a comfort to me, you know? Um, so acknowledgement that I am exist, that I'm there, that you know, that I matter in that moment, you know, it's, yep. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Awesome awareness. So how could you give yourself that in that moment rather than having to call a friend? Um, doing something that I enjoy, I guess, maybe like taking care of my needs first, looking inward, what I need in that moment. Yeah. Those are all good ideas. And sometimes it's as simple and, you know, this may sound cheesy, but it works. Sometimes it's as simple as going to a mirror and saying to yourself, like, Mm -hmm. I acknowledge myself. I'm not alone. Like saying whatever you need to say to yourself to make that connection between you and little you. And so that some part of you starts to trust that you're competent and capable of meeting your own needs. Yeah. Yeah. I could see how I also don't like trust myself to catch myself whenever something bad happens. And I think that's also like stopping me from like accepting the love that is already there, you know, because in reality, if on paper, like in this point in time, there's not a lot of things that like are are going wrong. You know, I have a stable career, you know, I have friends, I have a dog that loves me, et cetera. But it's like, I build all these walls at the same time, as much as I crave, like that acknowledgement when it's given to me, it's like, I can't fully accept it. Yeah. And I see that too. Yeah. 
Well, and Angel, what I really want to presence for you is that you had a whole childhood of chaos and trauma. You're just really starting to have awareness around it. It's going to take some time to shift. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not saying that in a way that I want you to, you know, feel defeated or anything like that. I just want you to have a little more patience with your process because you had some pretty, you had some trauma as a kid and you watched traumatic things happening. You know, watching domestic violence is, it's really rattling and traumatizing for a kid. So I want you to, as much as you can, like have some acceptance and faith in your process you know, you said you've been diving into personal development for the past two years. Yeah. Okay. That's not, I know it feels like a long time, but it's not (laughs) a super long time. And can you see how you're in a different place than you were two years ago? I do. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yes. And I understand you want things to change because you have this awareness and you have parts of you that you judge and patterns of you that you judge but this isn't all going to change just, you know, in a year or two, it's going to be layers and it's going to take time. And I'm open to miracles. I'm open to like one day you wake up and a pattern's gone. Like that could happen. And most of what I've seen in my years on the planet and my nearly 20 years of coaching people is that you know, unraveling and healing from things that happened to us, especially a traumatic childhood does take a little time. So what I want you to focus on is paying a little bit more attention to your progress and a little bit more acknowledgement of how far you've come and not having this, oh my gosh, I want to change everything right now because I see all these things that I'm doing quote unquote wrong. I have this awareness and everything needs to change. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. It does. It does. I, I guess my only question now is cause it's like, I know, I, I know that like I need to be okay. Like standing on my own two feet. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like, like, should I be alone right now? Like, I don't know like what the course of action is. Like I, I understand compassion for myself and mm-hmm. have more patience, mm-hmm. but I don't know, because before, like, I, I go into, like, codependency patterns, too, with, like, in, other people. In, rela- in so like, romantic relationship or in friendship or any of those things? Romantic relationships, any of those things, really. Um, okay. But so do you recommend that I, like, try to, like, you know, just go at it alone? Or should I, I don't know, should I? Should you what? I guess. I feel like my intuition is telling me that I should be alone mm-hmm. right now, right? Like I shouldn't go into any relationships because mm-hmm. romantic relationships because that'll just mm-hmm. deride the process, right? Usually, yes. Usually, yes. Because if you look at where you are right now in your own evolution, you're going to mm-hmm. track someone that's in the same place, give or take a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to bring their set of issues into it too, right? And Um, that can be distracting. And as, you know, I think your your best companion is your dog right now. (laughs) Yeah. Truly. Because there's no, you know, 
it's just unconditional love. It's easy. You're, you're not alone. Dogs are freaking amazing. Um, animals are amazing. So you, you have that and then you're really, you're really investing in your relationship with you. And I, I think, you know, that like you asked me, but like you said, your intuition is telling you the same thing because it's hard to, you know, deal with our past when we're distracted by things that are happening in the present. And my hunch is, and I could be wrong. My hunch is you wouldn't call in the healthiest dynamic right now. Not because you're messed up or anything's wrong with you or you're immature, or you're incapable. It's just where you are in your own evolution. Like all this yeah. stuff is coming up. You're having more of these awarenesses. You'll probably have more memories come forward. You know, like you're, yeah. you're opening the can of worms, you know, you're doing it. You're choosing, you know, at, yeah. at, at, you said you're 24, right? Yeah. You're choosing at 24 to dive into personal development. That's freaking amazing. And, yeah, I, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the more you really dive in and focus on you and not necessarily call it being alone, but calling it like prioritizing my relationship with myself and spending time with me, the farther you're going to get faster and you have yeah. the rest of your life to be in relationships. True, but would you true. rather have a series of dysfunctional relationships or move on to the ones that are really epic? No. Yeah. I, I want to wait for something good. I know that because I mean, the whole reason I started my personal journey to begin with the thing that woke me up was I was in a relationship for a while. Um, but it just like, it just blew up in my face. I think we both came at each other from a place of trauma, mm -hmm. almost like a trauma bond. Mm -hmm. And I realized, like, I don't, I knew that, I knew then that once it was over, that if I didn't work out my shit and I didn't, in fact, if I didn't like look inward and take care of my own stuff and own my stuff, that every other relationship that I would have in the future was just going to be a mirror of that. It was just yeah. going to be like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I just didn't think it was going to take so long to like, cause you're right. Like I am unraveling and I'm opening that can of worms and there's just so much there. Sometimes I even like, I have memories that I just blacked out that will yeah. come up and I'm just yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Cause I just worked so hard to just forget a lot of the things that I saw and experienced as a child. Yeah. Yeah. So, to protect I mean, yourself. You're right on track. You're right on track. And so back to your kind of your initial question of, you know, what do I do when I'm alone and I feel this emptiness? This is this is the hard part. And this is why so many people um don't go all the way with personal development or go back to old patterns of substance abusing or getting in relationships or whatever. It's because that moment when shit gets real, right? That moment when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm alone. All this stuff is coming up. Those are the moments we leverage because those are the moments when, you know, our subconscious is bringing things forward and we have the opportunities to use the tools and the processes that you're learning in personal development in terms of, you know, asking what you need, talking to the little boy inside, feeling your feelings, like all the things you've been learning about, that's the time mm -hmm. to use them. And so it's, it's resisting that urge to go to a quick fix and like yeah. using that trigger because the trigger is the gateway to the healing. 
But if we have the trigger and then we go to the distraction or the quick fix, we miss that gateway into deeper healing. So it's making that inner decision to, in those moments, as hard as it is to really go inside. And that's when you do the work because it's, it's easy to do the work and read stuff and, and practice things when we're not triggered. But when the stuff is really coming up and the memories are there, that's when it's most important to do it. So, you know, I'd love to be able to say, okay, Angel, just do this when you feel lonely and you'll feel better. But then I would just be putting a bandaid on something. I'm actually saying when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling triggered, leverage it, go into it. Yeah. That's where the work happens and that's where the healing happens. Okay. I see that. I see that. My only other question now is because I still live with my mother. I don't live with my father anymore. He's out of the picture, but I have like a stepfather now. And, you know, we have a healthy relationship now um, and everything's okay. But I see myself sometimes like getting angry sometimes with my mom, especially like whenever she tries to parent me now. Ah, yeah. I feel like because I've kind of just been independent a lot of my time of my life, when that parenting, when, when her, you know, when she tries to parent me, it's like, for some reason, I get this, like, like triggered, like, resentment almost, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I totally it's, understand. This makes complete sense to me. Have you ever spoken to her about it? I have, and she says, you know, she, we've had a conversation once, but I feel like she doesn't really understand how it's affected me. Mm-hmm. She always just tells me to, well, so that's in the past. Like, when are you going to move on from the past? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's like. Well, and here's why she says that, because she has a lot of guilt about what happened to you as a child. And for her to actually look at the past and acknowledge it, it would probably be too much for her. It's like she can't handle it. So mm. you have a couple options. You could try to express all this in a letter because sometimes Mm -hmm. when people are reading something and a letter, we can edit, right? We can write it all out, go back, change things and really express ourselves. And when the person's reading it, sometimes the information is expressed a little better. That's one option. Option B is when it happens, you can kind of just see, whoa, this is my mom's, this is more about my mom's guilt than it is at anything else. And I'm just going to kind of let it roll off my back. Yeah. Because I hear you and, and what you're saying is really valid. It's kind of like too little too late. But again, she, exactly. she can't hear that this doesn't work for you because then she'd have to own what happened in the past, which it sounds like she's not really ready to do. But if I were in your shoes, I'd try the letter and express everything. Yeah. And, you know, if it doesn't work and if it shifts nothing, you know, then you have just some decisions to make about moving out and other boundaries you want to set. Yeah, that that has come to mind. I mean, I, I don't want to feel this way anymore towards her. You know, I want to be able to get to that place where I completely forgive her. But I think... I don't know. It's, it's hard. Like, because I, I feel like I, I'm even questioning myself whether or not I have actually in my own way forgiven her. Like, I'm not sure. 
You, so, you might not have, and that's okay. Yeah. You, you probably aren't there yet. You probably have a lot of anger and sadness and grief to get out first. And you can own that in the letter as well. Depends on how honest you want to be, you know, gotcha. but it's like, you didn't get to express yourself as a kid. And even if you write the letter angel and never give it to her, I think it might be okay. a good exercise for you because you had to hold so much in so much in that it's really time to yeah. start expressing yourself. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And I don't think I know you're doing an awesome job and I'm really proud of you. And I see you and I see everything that you've been through and I see how committed you are to healing and shifting and, and breaking the generational pattern in your family. Mm -hmm. You're not becoming your father, which is huge, huge. Yeah. And Thank you. I hope you feel really proud of yourself. Thank you. So again, want to acknowledge Angel for his commitment, his work, and him choosing, you know, at 24 years old, when there's a lot of other things he could be doing to dive into personal development. It's really, really inspiring. And if you're not in your 20s, I still acknowledge you. <laughs> Anyone who chooses to awaken and dive into their childhood wounding and and evolving their consciousness and, you know, not numbing and distracting and doing all the things that most people do to cope. Like I acknowledge you wherever you are, whatever age you are, whatever gender you are, like you are acknowledged, you are seen. And thank you for being part of the awakening truly, because it takes, it really takes a lot of us <laughs> to shift the consciousness of the world. So as you heard, Angel grew up in a home that was not safe. He did not feel safe. He did not feel seen. And his coping strategy was to withdraw. But this is confusing because he also really, really wants attention. So he has this part of him that wants to withdraw. And then this part of him that wants connection. And he probably has a little bit, we didn't go into it. He probably has a little bit of a disorganized attachment style. And if you don't know what that is, or you want to learn more about attachment styles, I did a really good group coaching on this that you can go and get. It's only 20 bucks. If you go to christinehaster.com slash group dash coaching dash replays, and we'll put that link in the show note as well. So if you want to learn a little bit more about those, but basically with a disorganized attachment style, it's like a come here, go away. It's a wanting attention, wanting affection, wanting to be seen, but also like wanting to withdraw. And when real intimacy and real love gets too close. You kind of want to push it away. And I even saw that a little bit, like Angel was good at receiving the acknowledgement, but I when I really beamed a lot of love at him and kind of go into his head and come up with this next question, which is, which is typical because love never felt safe, right? So again, I'm not labeling him. I'm not diagnosing him. That's not my job. It's not what I'm qualified to do. I just notice patterns. And one of the patterns of a disorganized attachment style is kind of that come here, go away, confusion about relationships, wanting it, but not wanting it, attracting kind of the same chaos that we had in childhood. And it really, a disorganized attachment is formed when we've had a pretty chaotic childhood like he had. So many things going on, parents fighting, witnessing domestic violence. You know, I'm not sure if he himself was abused, but it could be likely verbally, mentally, emotionally, or physically, or sexually. And there's just, there's a lot here. And so one thing that I said that, you know, isn't, 
You don't find any motivational quotes out there from speakers. They're like, yeah, personal transformation can take a really long time. So strap in and be patient. It's all about the five keys to change your life instantly and do this for immediate transformation. And all of you know, especially those of you who've been in it for a while, there are layers and it takes some time. And he's just starting, you know, two years in, it's just the beginning. And he's made tremendous progress. And Angel, if you're listening, it's so important for you to acknowledge that progress that you're making and really be patient with yourself and use those moments. And this is the key, the key takeaway for all of you. Use those moments where the trigger's up and you want to reach for insert distraction, numbing, soothing strategy of choice, calling it for a hookup, calling a friend, a substance, food, TV, whatever it is, and instead go, no, I'm going to go in. I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to be with this. I'm going to use, I'm going to leverage this triggered opportunity to use all my tools because that's where the transformation happens is when we're in the trigger and we respond differently and we do the healing work in the trigger because we're in the energy of where the wound occurs. And so that's where we're going to get the most leverage of the trigger. You know, it's, it, that's why a lot of times people don't have benefit from talk therapy and I'm not just saying talk therapy. I think therapists are incredibly valuable, but you're, you just kind of are talking about things and you're not in it. It's when you're in it and you can create the change and use the tools when you're feeling the emotions, when you're triggered, that's when like so much of the magic happens. The other piece of advice that I didn't give to Angel that I want to give that I hope he is listening is I would make an intention instead of focusing on a romantic relationship, you know, I offered, you know, your dog can be a great best friend, but the other thing that I would love him to explore is male friendships, especially male mentors, because his relationship with his father was so dysfunctional. So joining a men's group, you know, like my husband co-runs an amazing men's group called Empowered Brotherhood. You can follow them on Instagram. There are a lot of other men's groups out there, men's work. Sacred Sons is another great one. And get himself with other men, get himself with healthy men. That's going to be an important part from my point of view of his healing journey as well, especially in healing that father wound and just being around other, other men who can really hold that space for him. All right, everybody, that's the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.